I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's time to get inside the Giants home. Let's go, let's go, let's go. On Giants.com. I like it, I like it, I like it. And the Giants mobile app. Give me some juice. Part of the Giants podcast network. Let's roll. Welcome to the Giants Huddle podcast brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. I'm Paul Dottino here, Super Bowl champion Sean O'Hara. The Giants are coming off of a 24-3 loss at home to the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Uh, Sean, I think as you go forward with a 1-3 and three record, obviously the Giants are going to be grasping at whatever positives they might have been able to glean as they prepare for next week's game against the Miami Dolphins, or should I say this Sunday's game. But what I want to go to as we try to do that is to talk about the defensive effort. Uh, there was a pick six by Seattle. There was also a recovery inside the Giants, uh, 10, that they turned into a touchdown. So defensively, I thought the Giants really started to play much closer to their standard, answering the call of coordinator Wink Martindale, who last week really challenged his guys to step it up. Yeah, I like that we're starting off with some positive stuff. I think everybody needs a little positivity right now. Um, you know, obviously, you know, for Giants fans and everything, they, they feel like the sky is falling. It's not, I assure you. Um, but to your point, I thought they did a really good job against Seattle this run game and Kenneth Walker is a fierce runner and he forced 15 missed tackles the week before by himself so mm -hmm. that was definitely going to a point of emphasis and as you mentioned week Martindale said they went back to it in practice they worked on stepping on their toes with the tackling they worked on defending the stiff arm and in the first half they held Seattle 30 yards rushing mm -hmm. right it was three yards of carry so that was not the issue whatsoever they definitely improved in that aspect and I thought they bottled up the run game for the most part throughout the game and then in the fourth quarter, there was a couple of big runs. Um, but the the one time that it kind of reared its ugly head again was on that Noah Fant big play where they could not force him out of bounds. So that's where it kind of showed up. But definitely some improvement there. We also, there was two sacks by Kayvon Thibodeau. Mm -hmm. I don't think there was enough consistent pressure on Geno Smith. And I think they still need to continue to do a better job of pressure. Now, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau got the two sacks, but there were really only three other quarterback hits in right. addition to that. So more consistent pressure and you know ironically we have not gotten as much interior pressure as I would have thought at this point in the season from both Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams so that's something that I think they can definitely improve on um, but I thought the defense listen the defense played well enough that the Giants were in this game they had a chance to win this football game and certainly you mentioned the pick six doesn't help um, you know they, they got put out there on a, on a short field with the fumble too so um, I, I thought they responded really well and and really 
DK Metcalf and T Tyler Lockett did not. They didn't expo exp explode. Well, they in didn't the game. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't. You know, really take over. Um, like you kind of go into it saying, hey, they have the ability mm -hmm. to do. So I thought the secondary did a pretty good job from that standpoint. There was a couple penalties. I think the penalties are probably the one thing that they all, you know, leave that game saying we've got to do better with that. Dory Jackson had one, you know, uh, questionable call. You know, I, I think the the one on him on the big play, um, you know, I thought that was that should have been a no call. I thought that was a bad penalty, but we're not here to talk about the Zebras, even though two weeks in a row now they've, they've haunted us. I think uh – Thibodeau would love to have had that interception. It would have been a 35-yard pick Yeah, six. that would have been an attaboy. That, that was, right? Yeah, that, 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 would been, that would have been special. That was J.J. Watt, T.J. Watt-like. Yeah, that, that's a game. That that's a play where you need to play above the X's and the O's. It's a tough play to make. A very, I mean, O.C.U. Manura used to make athletic yeah. plays like that all the time. Even yeah. J.P.P. used to do that. And Thibodeau was in position to make it. Would have been a spectacular play. But when things aren't going well, that's the kind of game-changing play that can turn the tide for you. And, you know, last year, he probably catches it and goes into the end zone. Yeah, but this no. year, with things not going well, yeah. it did not happen. I do like the first of his sacks. He and Ojolari almost met. Ojolari actually forced the quarterback up a little bit to step up, and then Thibodeau nailed him. And that's the kind of by play that they want from those edge rushers. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You want those guys, you know, just hauling butt off the edge and forcing that quarterback to step up. And hopefully he's stepping up into that interior pressure as well, and there's nowhere to go. So uh, it was definitely good to see that. I think defensively, look, we're talking about more pressure. And, and pressure on the quarterback – not only is it important just in the game and being physical with the quarterback, but pressure is what creates turnovers. Giants still don't have an interception on the season. No. They're the only team in the NFL, and that's directly correlated or to a lack of recovery. pressure. Yeah, so it, that that needs to, you know, this is a perfect week for that to, uh, to, mm -hmm. to all of a sudden go in the other, other direction. There's one number here, and I don't know if you had a chance to really dissect it, and it's a positive number, but... Three for 12 on third down for the Seahawks offensively. What was it on third down that the Giants were doing so incredibly well to come up with a number like that? Yeah, well, I, I think they did a pretty good job in coverage. You know, I think we, Geno Smith was running around a lot. I mean, he was scrambling a lot more than you normally would see him. And I think that's an indicator of, you know what, they were doing a really good job in coverage. And his first and second read wasn't necessarily there. So uh, they did a great job. I mean, three for 12 on third down. Geno Smith threw for 127 yards. They held yeah. Kenneth Walker to 79 rushing yards. If you would have told me those three things before the game, I would have said the Giants get a win. Sure. But yet it didn't happen, and that's because of the turnovers. And, of course, you throw a pick six. Um, you know, that was a 14-point swing mm -hmm. because that could have been a touchdown to Darren Waller in the back of the end zone, and instead it goes the other way. So that 14-point swing ended up being the biggest factor of the game. You're ready for a change. Payday comes early with Citizens. So go to that retreat. New you moves to the country. Now you're raising goats and launching a lifestyle brand. Are you ready for all that life brings? Seattle, 281 yards of total offense. So you're right. If you just isolated a bunch of these numbers and said going in, is this going to work out well for the Giants? You would have said yes. Yeah. You know, not the eleven sacks though. That, no, yeah. that's certainly one of the numbers that that was uh, not very good. I don't think that's happened in four decades, Paul. Yeah, tell me about it. Uh, Bobby Okereke in particular. I know he had a missed tackle on the fan big play, which I know he wants back. But, but I will say uh, that was more of the Bobby Okereke that we saw with the Indianapolis Colts, and the reason why they brought him here as a free agent. 
Yeah, I thought he had a phenomenal game. Probably maybe his best game as a Giant mm-hmm. thus far. Um, tackles for a loss. You know that that one play where everybody thought that Kenneth Walker didn't hit the ground and went scampered down. They ruled it a touchdown, uh, but he ended up being down. I mean that was that was great middle linebacker play, and, and I think we saw the potential of Bobby Okereke, and we, and we saw the impact he could have in the run game. There were two plays he made, in fact, on the last series of the first half. Seattle had a 14-3 lead. Giants go three and out. Uh, and with 53 seconds left, the Seahawks take over at their own 11. And they call their timeouts. Uh, they called one timeout. Giants called a couple because O'Kara came up with two stops there. And uh, even though there wound up being a penalty on the punt and the Seahawks kept the ball, that was important because at that point, 14-3, you're going into the locker room and Seattle's going to get the ball to start the third quarter. The Giants could not afford to give Seattle a double dip there because you could have just let the horse out of the barn. And they kept the game. The defense at O'Kara in particular kept the game at least within reason there. And I gave I gave I gave O'Kara a lot of credit for that. All right, let's turn to offense for a minute. And folks, uh, the Giants Huddle is brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. From game day to every day, Citizens is made ready for Giants fans with insights, guidance, and solutions. Learn more at citizensbank.com. Uh, there's not a whole lot to say good about the offense. The, the run game didn't get going. The offensive line, which is really banged up, had trouble throughout the entire evening. Daniel Jones had a bad game. It happens. You're not going to play well every single week. And I, I wonder, though, Sean, in that huddle, how difficult is it as you're trying to navigate what's going on and the floodgates are opening up for guys in the huddle to maintain that positivity and to try to keep things going well it's tough yeah you know you're looking for some rhythm you're looking for hey let's get a drive together and kind of build the confidence but um i'll disagree with your statement that that daniel jones had a bad game i i I, I feel like quarterbacks get all the blame they get all the fame and i look at the offensive line The, the reason why daniel jones looks like he's running for his life is because he is I don't put that on Daniel Jones. That is true. That, that's not like he can't block and throw. So I, I think Daniel Jones is trying to do as best he can given what's going on around him. And he's a product of his environment. Quarterback, All quarterbacks are. Uh, you show me a, a quarterback that has an offensive line that can't protect, and I'll show you a quarterback that doesn't trust the pocket, that is is you know playing with one eye on the, on the defensive line and one eye on the secondary. You can't play quarterback like that. Did he have a bad throw, the pick six? Absolutely. Is That that was a decision. Or that was just a bad decision. That's one bad play. I, I don't think that dictates the whole night. I thought Daniel Jones did a great job buying time with his legs yet again. And that's really kind of become one of his biggest assets. I noticed something a little different about Daniel Jones on Monday night. I thought he was scrambling to throw the ball more, a lot more in this game than we've seen in the past where he breaks the pocket and immediately tucks it and just starts running and says, I'm going mm-hmm. for it. There were a couple of times where I think we were all saying, run, just run it. And he's still looking, waiting for somebody to get open. So it's twofold. Look, we could sit here and beat up on the offensive line, and rightfully so. I think Bobby Johnson, if he was sitting right next to me, he would say, look, we have to play better. And there's, you know, there's no other choice. They are banged up. They came into this game banged up. No Andrew Thomas has been huge. He's the best lineman on this team. Uh, he's a Pro Bowl left tackle. He, he proved himself to be an elite left tackle last season. And not having him, the ripple effect that it's created. Josh Azudu is playing out of position. He's a guard. He's not a tackle. He's playing left tackle. And you know what? He had a couple of bad plays as well. Um, you know, you've got Brent Bredesen who's filling in for John Michael Schmitz at center. Shane Lemieux in at, at guard. Then Glowinski comes in at guard. Um, so there, that constant turnover at the offensive line position creates the lack of chemistry. 
and it makes it tough to pass off twists. And I think that's really what we're seeing right now, and defenses know it, so they're attacking it. So that's issue number one. The protection needs to be better. But the issue number two is if Daniel Jones escapes the pocket and he's running around looking for somebody to get open, somebody has to get open. Like the fact that nobody could get open against the Seattle Seahawks defense, which has been extremely porous through the first three weeks of the season. Think about this. The Seattle Seahawks, in every single game leading up to this Monday night game against the Giants, had given up a 300-yard passer in every single game and a 100-yard receiver in every game. Mm -hmm. Andy Dalton, the week before, threw for 361 yards against this Seahawks defense. Adam Thielen, who's 45 years old, had 11 catches for 145 yards. So this defense was giving up big chunk plays, and a lot of those plays came when Andy Dalton scrambled outside the pocket, bought time. They're a zone defense. They play cover three. There are holes. There are spaces. And yet nobody could find a way to get open in these zone coverages. And I think that, coupled with the lack of protection up front, is really what was the recipe for a disastrous night in 11 sacks. You love turf. You're good at it. So you start a turf biz. Business grows. Your savings grow. Become the most celebrated name in turf. Are you ready for all that life brings? And you get the conduit between the lack of protection with the fact that Darren Waller told the media after the game he was forced to stay in and chip an awful lot. And that's a guy who you want in a route. Yeah, and uh, look, everybody says, well, hey, look, do something to help out the offensive line. They did. They they called a double chip where you have both tight ends on either side helping the tackles, all right, and they would chip those defensive ends on their way out, and that was against a four-man rush. So what does that do? Basically, that takes two receivers out of your immediate pass protection, and all of a sudden now that gives that defense, you know, only two or three guys to account for, and then they're a little bit later. So um, yeah, that definitely, look, you can do that. You can chip and you can help your tackles, but it affects your passing game because you don't have another guy out there to stretch the field. Okay, we're running out of time, but I want to go to one other issue here, and that is the brotherly shove or the tush push, whatever you want to call that play, which, of course, the Eagles have popularized it's a quarterback sneak. with the quarterback sneak and having other players from the back push him forward into the scrum. The Giants got two players hurt on that play yesterday in the game. It was a fourth down play. They did not convert the fourth and one. Schmitz now has himself a shoulder. Uh, We know Bellinger is also banged up, was banged up even going into the game. What is your stance on that? Because the competition committee during the offseason discussed it, thought about outlawing the play. They wound up keeping it in. I wonder about the validity of the play from a safety perspective. We now know the Giants got two guys hurt on it. Is it, in your mind, a safe play, or is it something that should come under the umbrella of the league trying to omit plays that are going to get players injured? Football is not a safe sport. I'm tired of the whole safe play, this play. No, it's a quarterback sneak. Yes, it should be in the game. It's a part of the game. You're trying to get one yard, and I have no problem whatsoever with that quarterback sneak where you're pushing from behind. Look, the Philadelphia Eagles ran it 25,000 times last year. Mm-hmm. Other te- Everybody in the league's doing that now because it's the best way to get a yard. And the fact that the Giants couldn't execute it, to me, uh, like there's no excuse for that. Now, they need more of a push up front. The only way that play works is if the offensive line keep their feet and you got to keep driving. And it almost kind of becomes you know, like a wedge, like a stampede, and you just have to surge forward. If you leave your feet, if you go to the ground, 
you lose that push. Mm -hmm. The second factor is Daniel Jones can't go high. He can't leave his feet. He tried to go up and over the top. It's not goal line. Like on the goal line, you can go up and over the top and stretch the ball out. You don't do that. Daniel Jones needs to keep his feet and keep driving. So if everybody keeps their feet driving, then that's how you get that surge and you get that yard. But it was poor execution by you know by the guys up front because they didn't get enough push and by Daniel Jones by not staying on his feet. Bobby Wagner jump came over the top and hit him, but he he was off his feet so he could no longer drive his legs and keep his momentum going forward. So those are two areas where they can absolutely correct that. Those are things you could work at, but as far as the competition committee, look, they looked at it and they said, what do you want us to do? Like, this is football. That That's a football play. It's a quarterback sneak. You can call it the tush push if you want, whatever you want to call it. But it's a short yardage play. And, you know, if you eliminate that, then you might as well just take the pads off. All right. The words of Sean O'Hara. Giants fans love a winner. It's why they love Citizens, named the 2022 Best Bank in the U.S. by The Banker. As the official bank of the Giants and sponsor of the Huddle, Citizens is made ready for fans of Big Blue. Learn more at citizensbank.com. Sean O'Hara, Paul Dottino, the Giants lose to the Seattle Seahawks 24-3. That'll do it for this edition of the Giants Huddle. We'll see you next time. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.